We are talking about the Think About It. It's really about why are we getting to think about it? Well, how could I cover this before they did that? Before they told me they needed to think about it, what was I prepared to do and say so that I could hop over that challenge? Like This is in the first 10 to 15 minutes. We're not 45 minutes into the appointment. Okay, what if I do everything you just said? And like, cool, well, you know, we're still going to want to think about it. Like, what do you do then? And it's simple. It's so simple, it's probably going to sound crazy that you haven't thought of it. So many agents are like, oh, uh, I hope it doesn't happen. I hope they don't tell me they're going to think about it. No. Uh, and then it happens and they just get caught flat-footed and they get knocked out and they don't know what to do. All right, everybody. We are live. Welcome to the How to Sell Insurance podcast. My name is Ryan Federico. I am here with the two baddest men on the face of the planet. Mr. Ashton Delango Lunday, the pride of Pensacola, Florida, the only man on the planet with that last name. Better put some respect on it. And Mr. DJ Debt Free, Keith Fonseca himself, helping one family at a time, one business at a time, one country at a time get themselves out of debt and uh, eliminate taxes and, and all kinds of fun stuff. Today, we are talking about the Think About It. And this is by far, we took a little poll about what people wanted to hear us talk about and uh, by far, this was, how do I overcome the think about it? What happens when they tell me they want to think about it? Um, and we talked about it uh, amongst ourselves, and we thought, man, there's really three or so areas that people can get better in so that either you don't hear the think about it so much or you know what to do with it when you do hear it, right? <laughs> when you run into it, because it's, it's bound to happen if you run enough appointments. So uh, we're going to start talking about some of those things, and hopefully you guys get some value out of this and you understand how to overcome the think about it. Uh, the first uh, place that we want to start today of, in talking about how to overcome the think about it is just preparing that you are going to hear the think about it. I think that by far this is one of the you know the the biggest leg up that you can get in all of sales because this doesn't just happen in insurance this happens in all kinds of different sales the biggest leg up that you can get is just by expecting it to happen because so many agents are like oh uh, i hope it doesn't happen i hope they don't tell me they're gonna think about it no uh and then it happens and they just get caught flat-footed and they get knocked out and they don't know what to do so if you prepare that you're going to get the think about it you know it's coming then when it comes, you're not surprised and you can jump all over it and knock it out or you can prep for it in the beginning because you, you don't want to get it in the end. So I, uh, I've i actually had uh, a lot of time to talk with Keith Fonseca about this and we've done a couple trainings together about it before. So I want to, you know, Keith, I want to go to you first because you talk a lot about that preparation and just the mindset and the emotional stability of getting yourself prepared to hear objections right in general and especially this one getting yourself prepared to hear the think about it um so what are what are some of the things that either you did or you coach agents through that allow them to get into that place where it's just like all right i know i'm going to hear it and i'm ready to hear it yeah thanks uh ryan um man early on in my career i didn't understand the concept of expecting things to happen you know, when I first got to this uh, industry, I mean, and sales in general, I didn't realize there were like, there's like a book on what's definitely going to happen, you know, and the more you can prepare yourself on that, and we did a training on that called the map, and it really came down to the mindset of preparation. What is going to happen? Uh, typically, when I get into a sales opportunity with clients, they're going to tell me they need to think about it. They're going to tell me it costs too much. 
They're going to tell me they're just shopping today and they're not prepared to buy. And those are all like human defense traits, right? So when I look at this from a psychological perspective, most people don't want to buy, you know, or they want to buy, but they don't want to be sold. And so they put up that defense immediately. And so understanding when I get to the table, like, they're going to tell me they need to think about it. And I remember early on, Ryan, what changed my career was coming to you in total and utter frustration going like, why do they keep telling me they need to think about it? And why does it upset me so much? And you said, well, if you know they're going to tell you they need to think about it, why don't you just prepare for that? Why don't you go in there knowing they're going to need to tell you they're going to tell you they need to think about it? And so then ultimate for me, that became a game about well, how could I cover this before they did that? Before they told me they needed to think about it, what was I prepared to do and say so that I could hop over that challenge? So good. So good. A hundred percent. And that preparation really takes you to the next level because now you're not worried about if they say they're going to think about it or if they say they're shopping or like you're not worried about anything that they're going to say, right? Like you're, you're ready to overcome any objection because you've prepared in advance for it to happen. Ashton, uh, you've obviously, you know, you, you sell at a very high level and, and you work with a lot of families. You write a lot of applications. You wrote a lot of applications today before we did this uh, recording. Uh, so, you know, when you run into that, cause I'm sure you have to, everybody does, uh, you know, what were some of the things early on in your career that helped you get over either the fear of hearing think about it or uh, how to get better at preparing to hear think about it? Yeah, and, and I think obviously there, there's there's two sides to that, and they're both very key. In, in the beginning, anytime I got to think about it, I was like, man, all right, my, I'm done. <laughs> no sales getting made, and, you know, I go ahead and pack up my bags and walk out the door. Obviously, now we do a lot of things virtually. Um, but in the beginning I was definitely hundred percent in the field going to people's homes. And I think there's two things that I really learned, uh, on how to overcome, think about it, which is one, getting those objections out of the way, going ahead and confronting them in the beginning of the appointment. Hey, like this is going to be that process. And here's a clear la laid out map of what's about to happen. And if they tell me anywhere, no, well, we want to think about it, et cetera, I'm going to sit and park until we resolve that because I'm going to get it at the end of the appointment. Might as well get it out in the front and <laughs> know in the first 10 minutes if we're doing business because if we're not and you're not interested, then I don't want to waste your time because your time is valuable and I'll go help another family that needs it. Um, so that was a big part and obviously we can expound on that as much as we want to. And then the other part was when we got it at the end was really going through and going, why do we need this and bringing it back to that? Because if there's not a need, then there's nothing to think about. And if there is a need, there's nothing to think about because there's a need and we need to make sure this is here to protect your family. 100%. And I think that you just really hit on, I think the three topics we should probably dive into right now of you know just how to overcome the think about it, because it's really about... Why are we getting to think about it? Why is the client saying we need to think about it? And for me, I think there's really three reasons why. Uh, the first reason is that they're scared. And this happens a lot. They don't know what's coming. They look at you as a salesperson. You know, if you go and I remember I tell the story sometimes that um, I was going to this conference and I wanted to get a, a blue suit, uh, you know, royal blue suit specifically for this conference. 
I knew exactly what I wanted to get. I knew exactly the amount of money that I had to spend. I had about 800 bucks. I was like, I want to get a full suit, shirt, like that kind of stuff. Nice, right? It's like, all right, I'm doing well. I want to show it a little bit. So I go to men's warehouse and it's like the middle of the day on a Tuesday because that's what's cool about insurance is we just have like that time, right? So I go to I go to men's warehouse, middle of the day on a Tuesday and there's like five guys working in men's warehouse. And like, I'm the only customer in the store. And like, they almost all kind of converge on me just going like, Hey man, can we help you find something? Now remind you, I knew exactly what I wanted. I knew exactly how much money I had to spend. But what did I say? No, I'm just looking around. What everybody says in a retail environment, because we don't want to be sold and and we're afraid of being sold. Very few people are going to be like, Hey, I got 800 bucks and I need a blue suit. Right. Um, and what happened was I looked around, I looked around, I looked around, I found some things. They didn't quite fit. I didn't like this one. I didn't like that one. And I ended up flagging down one of the guys and was like, Hey, you know, I, I, I got about 800 bucks and I want a suit that's kind of like this It's blue. And he like within 10 minutes, he had me in the perfect suit. We had it, you know, all the measurements going to get it tailored and it was perfect. And if I would have just done that from the beginning, it would have been awesome. But I think a lot of customers that we meet with, a lot of people that are interested in insurance, enter the you know the relationship with us scared that we're the salesperson, that they're going to get sold something, that they're not going to understand it, that we're going to take their money and not provide value. And so they push back and they're going, oh, we need to think about this. We need to talk about it. We need to pray about it, whatever they need to do because they're scared. So I think that's number one. And, and you touched on that. Number two that we should probably dive into is we have confused the hell out of them. Right, like we've put way too many options and we haven't made it clear and they're confused and confused minds don't buy. So a lot of times if you're showing clients six, seven, eight options, right? Like they're they're telling you that they're gonna think about it because they legitimately need to think about it because you've made them think about it, right? You've put way too much in front of them and haven't kept it simple. And then number three, I think, is that the last thing that you said, Ashton, is that they there's no value. They don't have a need for insurance and you haven't built enough value around this product to have them have the urgency to move on it, right? So let's talk about that first one real quick and just kind of go around the horn. Um, what are some of the ways that you guys at the beginning of, appoint, of an appointment in you know building rapport with them or starting off an appointment kind of relax that tension a little bit so that you don't have this uptight I'm going to think about it. I need to push back on this salesperson kind of thing. What are some of the ways that you kind of, I guess, build rapport with people and overcome the think about it while you're building rapport? Uh, Keith, let's start with you. What's so funny about this conversation, and I get a sense that it's going to land in every conversation, and so I'll be the champion of this, is, you know, we did a poll of what people want to hear about, and most people shied away from mindset, and yet I'll put up any sales rep in any industry who has the right mindset over any rep who has the right knowledge, right? So if I walk into the appointment and I know so much about insurance, but I'm not prepared to break the ice and make a connection. Um, so my rapport, right, is really about connecting with them in two ways. But you said something interesting, Ryan, you said how to put them at ease. I'd rather not put them at ease. I'd rather put them on notice. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell it to you like this, right? Right from the get-go, most agents will say things like, hey, how are you? You know, how long have you lived here? Well, you know, where did you move from? What's your life like? Tell me a little bit about yourself, your family. The normal, you know, break the ice questions when we meet people, that's because we're scared. Not them. We're scared to ask the right questions that say, I really care about you. So now, if I start asking them questions about their family, I did this um, little exercise with a another new agent. 
I asked her if she liked apples. And she told me, no, I like bananas and oranges. Right? And I said, oh, cool. I mean, when I think of bananas and oranges, I think of sports when I was a kid. You know how they give you like orange slices at halftime and stuff? And I think about how my, you know, dad was never at any games because he was always traveling and working really hard, you know, to put food on our table and make sure our family had enough money to live. But it just connected me with that emotion. And she said, well, my family always played sports together. My parents coached every team. It was some of the best time in my life. Now, right there, we're already into emotion. And it was maybe, I asked her about apples. And that bridge suddenly was created. And so here's a question I ask to our listening audience when it comes to fear. And I'll ask you two guys, have you planned your death, Ashton? Have you planned for your death, Ryan? Like, think about that for a second. Isn't that what we're here to talk about? Isn't that how we sell life insurance? We're planning for a person's death. And we don't want to talk about it. So how are we going to be the facilitator of them talking about it? I think that's what they're most scared of. I don't know that they're most scared of being sold. I don't know that they're most scared of buying. They're most scared of talking about the topic that nobody wants to talk about. And I'm going to facilitate that. And if I don't want to talk about it, who will? Man, that's such a great point. And I think about it a lot in these terms. You're still just acknowledging a vulnerability for them that they don't want to talk about because it's uncomfortable and you know they, they don't want to be uncomfortable. And if they wanted to be uncomfortable, they would have talked about their death and had it planned out well before they met you, right? So right. it's it's super interesting to like this concept of, well, one of the ways you can you can overcome them saying they need to think about it is by you being brave enough and comfortable enough to just have the real conversation with them them from the beginning, which is what's going to happen if you die? What's going to happen if you have a critical illness? What's going to happen if you're in the hospital and you can't work? What's going to happen if one of your kids pass away? And and really just highlight their vulnerability and that you have a solution to really help protect them in that. And I, I think that that goes into that building of value as well. So it's interesting. Interesting, man. That's, that's a great point. So yeah. important to break into those questions right from the beginning to bring it full circle to my story. That new agent then mentioned that she attends all of her kids' softball games. Mm. And I asked her right there and then, well, what, you know, how would it make you feel to know if you passed away as a single mom, there'd be no one there to take her to her softball games? Wow. And immediately she was punched in the gut, devastated. You could see it on her face. And then I asked her, you know, would you want her to be worrying about money? during that time, right? So I, you know, the, the fear of talking about death and talking about medical problems, talking about any kind of insurance that we're in, the fact is insurance is a backup plan to the current plan. And the current plan is usually, I'm just, you know, walking through life without thinking about anything. Yeah. Now I want you to think about the most devastating times in your life. And I have to immediately establish that I'm not afraid to talk about that. And to do that, I'm going to ask you about that there's a lot of new people who are probably listening to this saying, well, I don't want to do that. They're going to be offended. They're not going to like me. They're going to back away. When was the last time you wanted to go see a lawyer when your life was on trial and you're facing 30 years for murder for a crime you didn't commit that you wanted a lawyer that was scared? When was the last time that you thought, hey, I have cancer. Something's bothering me. Let me go see the doctor who's afraid to talk about cancer and just wants to talk about current events. It doesn't happen. So we have to prepare ourselves and we have to be willing to get out of that fear ourselves. And that's why pretty much every podcast, I'm going to end up being the champion <laughs> of being fearless in mindset because 
I'll tell you what, after four years in this business, you know, and writing, you know, close to a million dollars of premium, I don't know the most about insurance. Yeah, I'm okay with it. There's too many people to rely on for information, but I'm not afraid to talk about exactly why they're thinking about it and how we need to solve it. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Ashton, so I'm going to put it on you a little bit to, to do to do something yeah. that isn't mindset-based, right? So okay. now you're you're starting a meeting with somebody. You know, hey, this, this meeting has a chance to end up with me hearing, hey, we're going to think about it and get back to you. Okay. So you're starting to build rapport at the beginning of that meeting. What are some of the things that you're saying that you know either subconsciously or consciously are driving you away from them telling you they're going to think about it just in the beginning of an appointment, like building that rapport? Yeah, and I think Keith hit a lot on building that emotional connection, that rapport with the client. You know, hey, you're a real person, and you're not just a robot coming here to, to help them. So I'm going to go ahead and skip past that because that is something I do, just like Keith. You know, get in there, talk with them, build that emotional connection. But then that next part is I lay out what is about to happen. Hey, we built that connection. Here's what my job is. I'm a, you know, in, in my case, you know, I'm a state licensed broker. I work with, you know, you know, 40 plus, 80 plus different carriers. My job is to figure out who in the world is the best for you. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to narrow this down for you based on the, the health and the budget that you have. And, and here are going to be those next steps. And then my job is I'm going to help you fill out that paperwork today once we figure out what works best for you based on that health and budget like we just talked about. And then it's going to take about three to five business days to get that approval sometimes. And if for some reason we don't get approved, we'll go to option B, C, X, Y, Z, whatever option we end up having to go with. Sometimes, you know, we got to go multiple times. Now, typically it only takes one or two if you're doing good field underwriting. But, um, you know, you can't help them not telling you something sometimes or them not knowing um, you know, I had a lady one time that she had absolutely no idea she had atrial fibrillation and she was a nurse. She's like, I'm a nurse. I know I don't have that. And then we had to go order the medical records. And she's like, I have no idea why this is on my medical record. I'm a nurse. I don't have that. And it took us months and months and months to get that off the MIB. I think we're still going through it. But, um, so setting that clear expectations, here's what we're doing and here's what to expect. I agree with that, and I think that all three of us can agree with what Keith was, Keith was saying. Um, I believe that when I show up into an appointment, and it doesn't matter if this appointment was, you know, you're at a captive agency and you're calling family and friends, or you've gone to the chamber of commerce meeting and you're meeting with somebody that you don't know, or you bought a lead and you call that lead and you set an appointment with that lead from any type of lead source. It doesn't matter. My philosophy, and I think it's the same as you two, if they show up for that meeting, whether you're going into their house and they open the door and they're like, yeah, come on in. Or if they show up to your Zoom meeting or if they show up to your phone meeting and they're ready to talk, that signals to me they want insurance. They have a concern of some sort. And I, it's my job just to make sure that they understand the process and the path that I'm about to take them on because I'm assuming that if you're here, you want insurance. So I do that a lot in building rapport as well, which is I assume control of the appointment, number one. I'm the one in, that's driving this ship. 
And number two, I just lay out, here's how this appointment is going to go. And I use language like that. Here's how this appointment is going to go. First, I'm going to confirm your medical information that you gave me, make sure we're on the same page. Then we're going to do a financial overview to see how much insurance you need. Then if you guys need insurance, I'm going to show you some options and you guys are going to choose the one that fits in your budget. And we're going to fill out an application and submit it into the insurance carrier today. And the one thing that I do that I think a lot of people miss that uh, will overcome the think about it a lot. It's probably the number one thing that I, I feel like uh, avoids the think about it for me in the long run is I give the client permission to buy. And so I say, yes, we're going to fill out an application tonight and we're going to submit that into the insurance carrier, but we're going to have some opportunity to change it. So when you get approved, they're going to mail out the policy and we're going to have another meeting where we go over that policy together and we have 30 days to make any changes to it that we want. If we want to increase coverage, if we want to increase years, if we want to decrease coverage, nothing that we're going to do tonight is set in stone. It's exactly how I say it. Now, be very careful when you do this, though, because a lot of people will go, oh, yeah, you can cancel it in 30 days. That's different. Yeah. That's pitching rescission, right? We call that a puppy dog close, right? That's not really building value. That's the easy way out. I didn't say you can cancel it. I said we can change it. We're in agreement that you want insurance. Nothing that we do tonight is set in stone. We can modify it, but I never talk about canceling it. And I don't get very many cancellations. Most of the clients that I write business for, I think I have like a 92% or 93% persistency across my business. And it's about having the conviction to just say, here's where we're going to go. But I want to give you permission to buy and to make a decision tonight so that the people that are fearful of, well, what if there's something better? What if there's something else? They don't get hung up in not being able to make a decision because they want to check on other stuff. They know they at least have a little bit of time to be able to modify this and, and do some diligence. They won't. The reason why you're sitting in front of them is because they're not somebody who can go out and find prices on their own and like do that stuff on their own. They're not going to. But for some people just to make the decision to buy, they need to have that open-ended, we could change it if we wanted to, and ease them into the decision process. So uh, I think that's that's a big thing that that's uh, helped me out a lot. If we're transitioning, and Ashton, I want to kind of come to you and we'll go backwards on this one. Uh, if we're transitioning into, because Keith talked about it a little bit, uh, now identifying and building the value. So um, mm -hmm. we go into a, a, a segment of most appointments where we're listening to their concerns and maybe we're hypothetically suggesting things that might happen and asking them yeah. what they would do, right? So when you're going through that process, it's a huge area where we overcome people needing to think about it because we're creating emotion, we're creating urgency for somebody to really need to move on this right away. And when we present pricing, uh, they're going to choose one because they now have this uncomfortable feeling and they need this solution that we're putting in front of them. So what are, when you're digging into a lot of people call it the why, or you're digging into the need yeah. or you're digging into the emotion or whatever, what are some of the things that you're doing uh, to really press that urgency in so that you don't hear the think about it later? That's a, that's a great question. And, and actually it's, it's one of the things that, uh, I got from, from you guys. Uh, I remember in the beginning, it was a, uh, I think it was just one of our team calls. We're just sitting going through and we're like, hey, what are like four questions that you can ask in the appointment to really go through that why? And, you know, I started using that in every single appointment and, and really getting through it. And in the beginning, you know, I asked him again, like the, the crazy thing is everything we're talking about happens in like the first 10 minutes of the appointment. Like we're, we're not even like in the middle of the appointment. We're still in the first 10 minutes. Um, and we're talking about like, that's the crazy thing that I want to point out. Like we're talking about how to secure the appointment within the first 10 minutes that we know someone's buying. 
there's not a single time in any of my appointments that with that 10 minutes in, I don't know whether or not I'm doing an application. Always know. Um, so what, what are those, what are those four questions though? Or like the ones yeah. that you ask, maybe you've adapted them to you just for the listeners to go like, well, I want to know those four questions, right? What, what are those four questions that you ask in an appointment? Yeah. You know, the first thing I always ask is, you know, what are our goals, you know, for this appointment? You know, why is it that we're looking for mortgage protection? Mm. And, and they're going to tell me, uh, some people they're extremely going, look, this is, I know exactly what I need and why yeah. other people go, well, I don't know. just kind of got a letter, got a postcard, just, just a little curious. And then digging deeper, asking that why. And I tell each of my agents, ask why two to three times. <laughs> you know, dig through that. Well, I want to make sure it's paid off. Okay, well, why? Mm. Why is that important? Well, because we, I need to make sure Susie has the money for the mortgage. Okay, well, why is it important that Susie has money for the mortgage? Well, because we don't have anything else. Or we have a 401k or a savings account. Oh, that's great. How is that performing? Oh, well, it's not doing well. Okay, great. So I'm going to write you an annuity. Okay, so keep going forward. Uh, you know, you know, we have those things, but all right, well, what did you get it for? Why do you have those vehicles? Well, it's for savings. It's, it's for income during retirement. Okay, great. So it's not for the mortgage. All right, boom. Just put that aside. Assign a job, assign a value to everything. Yeah. So now I'm getting rid of all these other policies, all these other accounts, and we're going, he goes, wow, I really don't have anything for the mortgage. Everything we have... It's already spent. Yeah, and some sometimes people show up to an appointment. Agents will show up into an appointment, and it'll be like, "Oh my God, they they have five hundred thousand dollars in a four hundred one k, and they have a million dollar yeah. insurance policy, and they have this, Those and they favorite. have that." And it's like, "Well, yeah, number one, you know, they're a buyer. That's the first thing. But yeah. number two, uh, they had that before they filled out that form or before they agreed to meet exactly. you. You know, so they have a concern, even though they have those things." And so I love that, you know, identifying what they have and going like, oh, so what was that million dollar life insurance policy for? Oh, it was for, you know, income replacement and it was for my kids to get through college and just being able to subtly suggest like you just did. Oh, so uh, you don't want that to be affected by the mortgage. Is that right? You don't want the mortgage to wipe that out. Exactly. Okay, perfect. So now that that million dollar life insurance policy is off the table and you can just focus on a new solution. So I I love that being able just to build the value a little bit around their need and their concerns. Uh, Keith, I know you're really good at this as well. So what are some of the things that you uh, would add to, you know, some of the tangible things that you ask in the why or in the in the building of value of the insurance? I'm still waiting on my royalty check from Ashton for teaching in those four questions. That's right. Right. <laughs> yeah, honestly, sounds, there, there should be some kind of royalty. Yeah, it sounds particularly familiar, doesn't it, Ryan, to our head, heart, gut, shoes. But, you know, when I break it down, it's, it's kind of logic. Uh, last week I was standing with Edward Pritchett, and he said, you know, I have 45 minutes to run an appointment. I don't have time to mess around. So they really only need one question. Uh, If something happened to you, could your family afford their lifestyle and be able to stay in the home, yes or no? But that's just a little too direct for some people, right? So laying it up to kind of create the value around what we're doing. Um, Let's go off insurance for a second and just go to common, you know, simple, critical logic. Uh, Would you rather have more money than less money? Oh, more. Okay. Okay, why? Why? Right? What would that do for your family if your family had more money than they had today? Would you rather have the same amount of money or no money? Well, I'd rather have the same. Okay, why? What would it hurt? How would it hurt your family if they had less money? These are just like 
simple ways to connect that there's value in insurance because we're spending money to buy money. And we're not really worried about what else they already have because more money is better than the money you have now. So how am I building value? It's certainly talking about what they have now, how it's working for them, and then digging into the why did you make this appointment? Because you had that before you got here. Here's how my think about it goes. Hey, uh, Ashton, let me ask you a question. I need a favor. Is that all right with you? Absolutely. Yeah, when we go over options later in this appointment, right, look, I've been doing this long enough to know that when people tell me they need to think about it, they need to talk about it, they need to pray about it, they need to talk to their dog about it. It just means it costs too much. So there's three things I want you to be comfortable with. Number one is the cost. Number two is the carrier. And number three is Keith. Now, just pause there for a second. Some people start laughing, like, what, Keith? And I'm saying, yeah, because I'm going to service your family. I'm going to build you a plan. I'm going to make sure that there is no problem uh, once the most devastating thing happens. So I want you to be comfortable with me. Now, I'm comfortable enough with myself, mindset for a second, that if they say I'm not comfortable with Keith, I'm okay. My life will go on. There'll be more clients, more appointments, cures everything. So let's get back to it. So... um, I've been doing this long enough to know, Ashton, that when people tell me they need to think about it, they need to talk about it, they need to pray about it, they need to talk to their dog about it. It just means it costs too much. So will you do me a favor? When we go over options, if it costs too much, will you just look me in the eye and say, Keith, it costs too much? Can you do that for me, Ashton? Absolutely. Perfect. Because that will allow me to do my job. Because, again, the goal here is to get you some coverage that you qualify for, And we won't know if you qualify until we fill out an application. And that makes sense and protects your family. Does that sound good to you? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's pretty clear. Now, understand two things, Ryan, before you jump in here. I've done that a a thousand times. Repetition, 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 right? We could do it over right now. It'll sound exactly the same. And secondly, Ashton just agreed to buying twice. Two times. Because I went over it twice. So once was the, I proposed that you're not going to think about it, and you agreed, okay, I won't think about it. And then the second time was reinforcing that proposal that you're not going to think about it and that we're in this together. And that builds a lot of value at that second proposal of we are in this together. Yeah, you know? you're sitting you're sitting on their side of the table, right? It's you and them versus the insurance company, not them versus you, the salesperson. And so you're, right. you're now unified together. I think you hit on two pieces because we had those two topics, one that was elevating the concern and the other one was actually covering the think about it before you show prices, right? And, and, and addressing mm-hmm. it. And I love that. Like for me, if I go back to the, the why or digging into the why for a second, uh, because we, we want to wrap this up for you guys here in a couple minutes. But if, if I go back to really digging into the why, for me, it's about asking uh, maybe 12 to 15 questions. But if I'm talking more than 20% of the time, there's a problem. So if they're talking 80% of the time and I'm talking 20% of the time, usually I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write insurance for them. If the closer that I get mm-hmm. to me talking 50% and them talking 50%, my close ratio goes down. If I'm talking 80% and they're talking 20%, you're never going to write an application on those people because they, they tuned out a long time ago. They don't, they're not there to hear about you. People like to talk about themselves, right? They're, they're, yeah. Nobody pays attention in school, uh, you know, in calculus class. You got one out of five people who's taken notes there and actually 
actually you know paying attention you're losing people so asking those open-ended questions ashton why do you want this what would happen if who do you really want this coverage to go to who would be affected who do you know that's gone through something like this that's had a heart attack or had a stroke or died unexpectedly what was it like for them and just expanding 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 getting that emotion out builds all of that value so that you go wow it really seems like you need some insurance coverage so that this doesn't happen to you. I'm going to show you some options, but before I show you those options, I just want to make sure we're on the same page here because you just told me if this, 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 or this happens, you're going to be in a tough spot. And we want to overcome that, right? Yes, we want to overcome that. Okay, perfect. So I'm going to show you some options here, and we're going to get you coverage tonight. Yeah. We're going to fill out an application tonight. But what I need you to do is I've been, I've been doing this long enough to know that if you tell me, hey, I need to think about it, I need to sleep on it, I need to pray about it, I need to talk to my doctor or my financial advisor, like whoever you need to talk to about it, usually I know that just means the coverage doesn't fit in the budget. My role is to find you something, like I said at the beginning of the appointment, that fits in your budget, and that's what we're going to do. So I'm going to show you these options, and I just want to get a little bit of an agreement from you, Ashton, that when I show you these options, if none of them fit in your budget – you're not going to tell me, oh, we're going to think about it. We're going to sleep on it. We're going to talk to our doctor about it. You're just going to tell me, hey, Ryan, that doesn't fit in my budget, and we're going to yeah. find you something tonight that fits in your budget. Can we agree on that? They're and not going to say so no because you've, you've asked so many emotional questions just like two minutes before that exposing that if something yeah. happened, they're going to be in a bad spot. They're not going to tell you, oh, no, we still need to think about it. They're like emotionally vulnerable and going like, please take this pain away from me, this uncomfortable feeling. Give me some insurance. Sorry for cutting you off. Go ahead, Ashton. Well, no, no. I, I mean you're, you're hitting it right on the head, and you know that's a, exactly what the key is, is in the very beginning we're uncovering that uh, again. Like this is in the first 10 to 15 minutes or, or not 45 minutes into the appointment. And then the one key part that I want to highlight is I'm sure someone out there is thinking, okay, what if I do everything you just said? And then when I say, Hey, like when you tell me you're going to think about it, this is what that means. Right. And I'm like, cool. Well, you know, we're still going to want to think about it. Like, what do you do then? And it's simple. It, it's so simple. It's so simple. It, probably going to sound crazy that you haven't thought of it. Ask them why. <laughs> why? Yeah. Why did you think about it? Okay. And then they're going to, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. Like you have, you know, eight eyes because I've done it before. I'm like, okay. So, okay. Well, you know, why is it that you want to think about it? And just wait. Sometimes it's like two minutes of silence. Like, well, we got to make sure it fits in the budget. Okay, great. Yeah. We're definitely not going to look at anything that doesn't fit within your budget. We're going to look at options that work well for you. Hmm based on your health and budget, and we're going to make sure that everything fits well, and we're going to design this to make sure that happens. Here's the thing. I would argue, and Keith, I don't know if you agree with this or not, and we'll, we'll wrap it up on, on this last couple yeah. points here, but Keith, like, I don't think that happens personally. I don't think that it's possible for you to take control of the appointment and establish your, your role up front and how the appointment's going to go and that they want to buy insurance to go through all the emotion with them and elevate their concern, build urgency, build value in the product, and then to address not thinking about it before you show prices and then them still tell you they're going to think about it. I just don't think that happens. It's like 99% of the time you've missed something along the way. Um, and, and, and that's what I wanted you to point out right there. If you do it right, you're not going to get that. Right. So what that means, if someone tells you that, you need to stop. And figure out what you missed, Where'd you what miss? isn't connected. Yeah. Go back are to they not it. seeing value? Well, you know, we know if where value is, price isn't an issue. Yeah. It's not. 
Yeah. So you missed something. There was some key part you missed. They didn't the, see value. They didn't see what this was going to do, how it was going to help, et cetera. The other thing I would say before, you know, I want to get Keith's kind of words, final words on this. But the other thing I would say is this will happen in the beginning of the appointment. When you first start talking about we're going to fill out an application tonight or and you start using power language, you're going to get some people that are like, I'm not filling anything out tonight. And that's a really good thing. You want that to happen because it's better that you identify those people five minutes into the appointment and you have the rest of the appointment to build the value and corner them into why they need insurance rather than the first time you heard it is 30 minutes into the appointment after you already gave them prices and they're out the door, right? So you want to have as much time to get, am I with a buyer who is a think about it person and is like, I'm not making a decision tonight. And now I get to you know run the rest of my appointment building a ton of value for this person and cornering them into not thinking about it. So Keith, what uh, you want to wrap us up? Kind of final thoughts about the whole thing? It's so funny. Um, the three of us are so alike in the way we think. I almost think we need like some days we need a guest who's going to be like, no, I disagree with everything you guys are saying because Ashton just said what I was thinking. You just said what I was thinking about repetition is the key. You know, repeat repetition and then repeat that repetition of the repeating of repetition. So annoyingly so that when they tell me, and, and it's happened to me, you know, I'll say in the last year where someone told me they needed to think about it and they didn't buy and I immediately went to, what did I miss? Did I walk into this appointment not prepared? Has it been a long time since I've run appointments so I'm not on momentum? There's something I hopped over for sure or overlooked earlier in the appointment. And what's becoming strikingly important or noticeable to me is that, you know, we call this podcast How to Sell Insurance. Some days I'm going to wonder if people listening are thinking to themselves, can I sell insurance? And the answer is yes. If you can grab on to what Ryan was pointing out earlier, that power language. So here's what we're going to do. How many people out there listening to this podcast say that in their daily lives? So here's what we're going to do. How many people out there in podcast land in their daily lives go through repetition, a consistent schedule of getting up, doing things the same way? If you're doing that, you can sell insurance because it isn't about the insurance. It's about the connection with the people and leading them to that final yes, I'm buying. And when you get to think about it, certainly something has happened in my process that I didn't pay attention to. And if you're learning from us, um, it's going to be the same thing with you. Yeah. Ashton, final thoughts? I mean, that, that really hits it on the head. I mean, the, the biggest way to, to get through that is to build that connection in the beginning. Now, again, like you said, there's so many ways to do it at the end when we miss those things in the beginning, which will obviously have to be another episode. But in the beginning, it's all just about building that rapport in connection with the client because at the end of the day, you know, it's all about whether or not they trust you yeah. no matter what. Doesn't matter if it costs a penny. It's about whether or not they, they trust you as a person. So building that emotional connection and then understanding why we're doing what we're trying to do. For me, I think that uh, my final thoughts on it are, you know, a little bit of a combination of what you both said. So many times I'm talking to new agents and I hear the client's the problem. Right? And it's the same story that's as old as time. I think we talked about it on our last episode about uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, the leads are the problem. It's not the leads. It's not the client. It's not the area that you're working in. It's not the products that you have, right? It's you. And if you ever make it not you, you take all of the control for getting better out of your hands. 
because it's not about, hey, I didn't build enough value for that client and I need to get better at building value. I didn't build enough urgency for that client and I need to get better at building urgency. I didn't cover the think about it. I didn't get emotional with that person. I didn't have the assumption they were gonna buy before I showed up to the appointment. It's my fault. It's in my hands to control and to change because if you make it about the client and go like, oh, they didn't see value. They didn't need the coverage. They didn't have the money. They wanted to think about it. They were tire kickers, blah, 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 blah then you're always going to be at the whim of having to sit in front of the perfect client in order for you to, to write business, protect a family and make money and, and carry yourself uh, into the next level of your career. And you take the control out of your hands. And so always remember the controls in your hands. You can always get better in those three areas that we talked about. And I think you just heard from three elite producers where we all said when we get to the end of an appointment and either we get to think about it or they don't buy, it's because we messed up somewhere. Yeah. Right. Yep. We forgot that we forgot something, but it's that willingness for you to go. How can I get better? Where did I mess up and not blame it on them and not blame it on the leads and not blame it on whatever you want to blame it on. That's going to allow you to make progress and move forward. So we, uh, we appreciate all you guys joining us, uh, hit the like and subscribe button. We'll be back to you with more fresh content on the regular and, uh, everybody have a great rest of your day. See ya. Yeah.